Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Oh, boy. Hello. Welcome to November 4th, 2020. And the outcome is still unknown. Although, and I, we, you just need to hang on to this, guys. Um, all the betting markets <laughs> overwhelmingly are saying that Biden's going to pull this out. Um, all the people, although these are the same people that are that have been misleading us, I guess for uh, for years. Anyway, uh, it's looking better. Wisconsin and Michigan have turned uh, with Biden on top, albeit slim leads. Pennsylvania looks like uh, Pennsylvania. I'm ashamed to live here. Uh, Joe Biden has already won more votes than any president of the United States ever won. So that goes without saying. The most votes don't mean crap, because we do not live in a country that follows normal democratic rule. I don't know what to say. I I was in denial initially um, watching and uh, I'm sure that we all are sort of numb. In general, things are not good, even if Biden wins. It looks as if we will not take the Senate. That's a stretch now. It looks as if the House is less democratic than it was going in. And it looks as if you and me don't know our country. Because I don't think many of us thought this was going to happen. I I don't know what to say. I... I don't know what you did and how you've been doing. I have not turned on the TV uh, yet today because I know it's going to be on all day. You'll recall uh, about a month ago or more when I talked about that bipartisan group of office holders uh, and journalists and general uh, political wonks who got together for a weekend and gamed out all the potential scenarios in this in this election and every single one they gamed out resulted in trouble except one there was only one outcome that allowed the country however divided to limp forward and that was if Biden won in a landslide. Well, that ain't going to happen. 
And thus, if their gaming scenarios were correct, we are going to be heading into a frightening period. Frightening. As I said, even if Biden wins, he could well have a uh, Mitch McConnell heading the Senate and this Supreme Court, the PAC Supreme Court, and it, he will be able to do nothing, next to nothing. The only thing that will be able to be done is through regulatory agencies, his cabinet. But, you know, cabinet positions have to get Senate approval as well. They might not let him even have a cabinet. I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself here, but, um, you know, what Trump did, which we all were told he would do, it's not like he's a s subtle man, but what he did about 2.30 this morning was so appalling that even Republicans who have stood by him were like saying, what? But your president still said this, and this is why these game players said that any outcome but a tsunami for Biden was going to result in probably violence. And Trump pretty much assured it by saying at 2.30, I'm sure you've heard it, we are getting ready to win. Frankly, we did win. And he went on to call the uh, process, which was obviously still not, it's still not done, a fraud on the American people. Well, if one of the candidates, and he's been telling us this from day one, refuses to concede, he said he's going to take it to the Supreme Court, which he packed. I don't know. Our very democracy as it exists is, is truly hanging by a thread. And I, I know that um, all of us uh, know that. These are frightening times. Uh, let's see what, I think I have a caller. Do I? Caller, go ahead if you're there. Hello, Len. Yeah. Hi. Um, even if Biden pulls this out, the yeah. fact that this many people voted for a racist and a bigot and a misogynist and a guy who could care less about the people that died of COVID, it's a disgrace. This country is nowhere near what it used to be. And I'm 62 yeah. years old. Yeah. Um, and my wife has three years to work yet. As soon as COVID allows it, I will get an apartment in Canada. And once she retires, we'll move to Canada. I want out of here. I don't want to be around people that are racist and bigots and misogynists. I just don't want to be part of that society. Yeah, I understand. I, 
I pretty much feel the same. I know my brother called me in despair last night. And I said, I don't want to talk to you. I cannot listen. And he said, well, I'm, I'm out of here. And I said, well, where are you going? And he, he, he's thinking he's going to Iceland or, or Scotland because he has a teaching uh, position there, actually. Um, oh, that's good. And, yeah, so he can actually uh, go. I don't think the Canadians want all of us. Uh, coming over there. You know, I was looking for real estate there earlier uh, this year. Um, How can I ask you a question? How easy is it? Forget COVID. Okay. Say COVID's (laughs) over. How easy is it to move? Say, how easy is it to move to Canada? Seriously, I'd I'd be interested in knowing. It's well, I, you're asking the wrong person because I didn't get into the nitty gritty, but what I understand is it's not easy and it's certainly not easy to become a citizen. Um, Well, you don't want to become a citizen. You know why? you know, it depends on your age, your whether you're going to contribute to their economy. Um, you know, I know they don't want a bunch of old people, although old people come with more money usually. I, I don't know. But um, still having that, at, you know, one can see being there. Uh, you can have a place and be in it six months of the year, I believe, without being a citizen. Okay. And that would at least give you a toehold if you ever wanted to, uh, you know, declare refugee status and seek asylum, which why am I laughing? Because, you know, who knows? It, it, it is possible. Um, well, one thing I will you, tell people, if you move to Canada, and my financial guy, I have a very good financial guy. He said, don't give up your U.S. citizenship because you lose your Social Security if you do that. Yeah. But I have to tell you what you said, what you said to start this call is the thing that has me most sick, just sick. Yes, me too. What we have learned without a doubt now, you know, I thought with Trump four years ago, you got to figure a lot of people hated Hillary and didn't understand what devastation Trump would bring with him. Mm-hmm. But four years later, they know. And they were not turned off enough by this criminal grifter, this cruel, malignant narcissist, this uh, unbelievably awful human being and all the things he did. And they were willing to give him four more years after his inability to even bother with a response to the pandemic resulted in probably over 100,000 of the deaths, maybe more. I mean, he's killing Americans and millions upon millions upon millions. There's still a minority. They said, yeah, him four more years. And I sort of don't want to, like you, it's like, I don't want to be in this country. I don't want to, I I have no pride in this country now. I'm ashamed. I agree. Can you sing the Star Spangled Banner now? No. Can you pledge allegiance and listen to the words? No, they've destroyed it. To think that so many Americans who think they're patriots, they think they're patriots, don't have a oh, yeah. clue, don't have a clue. And to say that this is not a, about race, there's a ton of race stuff in here, and about selfishness, and I think the other big thing is how much half of the country 
hates people like you or me. They hate us. Can I make one last point? Yep. And you, you made some of it. Okay. And it's exemplified by what happened with the Peters Township Band last Friday night with these kids yeah. going out there in blackface. Okay. That's right. A lot of it is race because I'm an engineer. I'm retired now. Okay. But I heard comments from educated people despicable comments from educated people and when a band director they're talking about their investigating that went on at peter's township a band director lets these kids march i, I was in a band in high school lets them march on the field in blackface on friday night and doesn't say to them you're out of here you're out of this band permanently because you're a racist that's right a lot of it is race and people don't want to talk about it and you're you're 100 right yeah thank you unfortunately thank you very much Hang Have in a good there. Day. You too. You, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> bye. Um, bye. Bye. I. Chuck writes, this was not the resounding repudiation <laughs> of Trump that the country, the world was expecting. Let's, yes, let's pause for a moment of uh, shame and apology to the world. The world that didn't have a vote, but whose lives are impacted very much by what the United States does or doesn't do. It's just frightening. Chuck writes, I think Biden will still win the electoral majority, but that doesn't mean he'll be the next president. And even if Biden wins, he doesn't have a strong mandate. Four years ago, we learned not to trust polls. Once again, the polls are wrong. Yeah, totally. And I have to tell you, if these pollsters dare to keep at their jobs, (laughs) they need to just fold their tents and acknowledge that they don't have a clue how to do it. Or let's hearken back to what I told you about yesterday. The one guy, the outlier, the Republican operative who has his own uh, polling uh, firm. And he called Trump's victory four years ago. And he called the exact electoral college rundown four years ago. Everybody said the guy's stark raving mad. He was correct. He called a Trump victory this time. Now, I'm telling you, I think he's wrong because I'm still holding on to hope here. But man, this is a squeaker. I mean, I'm right now there's, what, 12 electoral votes separating the two. The good news is Trump, I mean, is at the, in the loser's seat. But, you know, the lawyers, we will see so much unbelievable uh, legal, actually, probably illegal kinds of maneuverings to uh, get votes thrown out in these close uh, in these close places and and the scary thing is is like Michigan and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and this is a scary thing even if their voters 
say. We want Biden. Their legislatures, every state is the same. They have a Democratic governor and they have a Republican legislature. And the legislatures, those Republican legislatures, as you know, are quite willing to do rather shameless, undemocratic things. And so all of those, yes, scenarios, um, wow. It's a damn good thing that, you know, given the stresses we're under, I wish I lived in New Jersey, South Dakota, or Arizona, because they, they legalized marijuana yesterday. God, Oregon, Oregon uh, uh, did mushrooms. Any a small amount of street drugs. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, millions of your neighbors voted for Trump, knowing him, knowing him. They voted for him. I, uh, yeah. Here's some good news, I think. Again, all of those prognostications of like violence at the polls and stuff, they did not. That did not happen. Uh, thank God. But uh, wow. As for here, they've just started counting again in Allegheny County. As it stands now, Connor Lamb is going down. He is uh, losing to Parnell. Uh, Parnell has 57% of the votes counted so far to Lamb's 43. So uh, we, uh, you got to hope that there's a bunch of, of Lamb and Biden votes that are being counted right now, including mine. What I don't understand is, you know, I get the dispatches from the elections uh, people because I'm media. And uh, this was sent at uh, 2.45 this morning. And uh, it says the county has made the decision to suspend scanning and will begin again after 10 a.m. You know, and I'm thinking, what? Could we just uh, keep going here? I mean, I don't think this is a normal thing. It's, I granted, they didn't do just nine to five, but, you know, could we keep this going? Because every delay in this counting allows for the Republicans to create more and more mischief and misinformation and for Fox News and right wing radio and Sinclair and Breitbart and all their other media organizations and Facebook to go berserk, right? They go on to say we have 348,000, this is Allegheny County, we have 348,000 plus mail in 
ballots that have been returned. Of those, 173,000 are scanned and uploaded. I don't know what that means. Those are, they tallied those, I guess. And approximately 29,000 will be reviewed manually. The remaining 146,000 plus will be scanned beginning late morning tomorrow. She wrote this at 2.45 this morning. So she's saying there's another 146,000 plus Allegheny votes that won't be counted until late tomorrow morning. So all of so don't think there's going to be a um, an end to your anxiety. Uh, well, there's never going to be an end to the anxiety, but don't think there's going to be uh, the votes counted here in Pennsylvania until Friday. In all likelihood, she does say that all ballots have been secured in the warehouse with county police patrolling the facility all evening. The facility is also under 24-hour video surveillance. Why doesn't that reassure me? So this was an interesting thing. Um, you know, the new, my New York Times uh, it was on the doorstep this morning. And of course, for it to be on the doorstep this morning means they didn't, there's nothing in it uh, with any numbers at all. And uh, so I thought, I'm not even going to look at it. But I, I, I bothered to look at the op-ed page. And it was so clear that their editorial board was assuming a Biden win. And they were talking about how wonderful it was, how many Americans went out and voted and blah, blah, blah. And then there was this, and it was written by their one of their conservative columnists, whose name I'm not sure how to pronounce, Ross uh, Douthat, or Douthat, or I don't know, Douthat. I don't have a clue. And he wrote this, obviously, before any votes were counted. And it's still, he makes some incredible points, and it's sobering. An election is supposed to be a reality check. It promises the finality of decision in which the usual back and forth of political argument gives way to the undeniability of a particular outcome on a particular day. But see, that didn't happen yet. And then he goes on to wonder if that could happen. And he says, democracies fail, and they, this democracy can fail. And one of the ways it, they fail is when it becomes possible to deny the finality of the election results, to continue the contest outside the system, which, of course, is what Trump is threatening to do 
and Fox News will aid and abet and all the others. Democracies die when it is possible to deny the finality of the election results to continue the contest outside the system or to substitute a different form of decision for the verdict of the ballot box. In other words, yeah, let the Supreme Court do it. And then he goes on to talk about the Electoral College. And if for some reason that country's electoral system allows candidates to win the highest office with a minority of the popular vote, then there's real trouble. And how many times do we have to see this? But because it looks like we're not going to have the Senate and we're going to have that incredibly conservative Supreme Court, we will be unable to address that, assuming Biden pulls this out. And this guy wrote this, again, like all of us, with the assumption that Biden would probably win. So toward the bottom, toward the bottom of his piece, he says uh, Biden may already have have won as you read this. And um, a Biden presidency can find something hopeful if he wins easily. And that's why he says, as he may have done already. <laughs> And he says that if Biden wins by a big popular vote edge and a big electoral college margin, that result would mean that our system is still capable of delivering a clear decision. No, it didn't happen. And then he says, but the indecision, if that happens, the too close to call, the endlessly litigated endgame, that will be a different signifier. It would mean that even under what seem like favorable conditions for a clear, decisive outcome, the ways we are polarized by age, by geography, by gender, by class, by faith, are still the more powerful forces dragging us ever back toward stalemate. And to have a legitimate, functioning, democratic republic becomes exceedingly difficult. I think we're heading into a war of some sort, and I don't know, maybe it's a cold war with little skirmishes here and there, but something like a civil war. Or maybe something like a new revolution. 
I don't know. I really don't know. Bill writes, Hi, Lynn. I worked at the polls yesterday in Highland Park. If you drive through the district, you will see Biden signs everywhere. I think I've seen two Trump signs. When we tabulated the vote breakdown, Trump got 30% of the vote in my seemingly very blue neighborhood. I'm very disheartened to know that they stealthily walk among us with their racist, misogynistic thoughts. I'm trying to keep the faith in the human race. Yeah. You know, and that's it. Apparently, there are a ton of people who voted for Trump, and this is where the pollsters get it wrong. And that pollster who got it right that I talked about yesterday, his reasoning of why most pollsters get it wrong is they're credulous. They don't realize that Republicans, he, and he, he clearly said this as a Republican, Republicans lie. Um, so yeah, you might have friends who are going, you know, to try to still keep their heads down who voted for Trump. I'll tell you one thing I saw and I haven't seen an update on it, but it's not just white men, uneducated white men that vote for Donald Trump. It's college-educated white men who vote for Trump. And apparently an awful lot of college-educated white women as well. You imagine. Now, they might be voting with uh, a sense of, you know, greed because they're in that maybe upper 15% of Americans financially and they're yeah they're making money left and right in the stock market and stuff and with Republican laws holding down regulation and letting them you know rip off their employees and all of that there must be tons of those people and they're cowards if they don't acknowledge it There's more of them than we thought. What were we comforting ourselves with? 35, 40%? No, it's more than 40%. Who can see the precarious state that this nation is in. Willing to reelect a man Beyond cruel man. The children in cages. The pandemic. The open bigotry. The xenophobia. The corruption. The dismantling of faith in our institutions. That is such and has been such a destructive force in the last four years. 
and that so many Americans were willing to let that continue tells us that well, you fill in the blank. You fill in the blank. Debbie writes, even if Biden wins and does not have the Senate, I am hopeful we will get the COVID task force back together and get the virus under control. If Trump gets in, we will never get it under control. If that is all Biden can accomplish, that will save a lot of people. Keep praying. This is so depressing. Keith writes, you know, when you really look back at our history, it's not surprising we're here. Oh, it's, you know, this might be too long. Um, And I also can't seem to, why won't my, Keith, um, so Keith goes back to the fact that we've always been an exploiter of the least of us. There's always been a cruelty at the core. We've always peddled bullshit about this country, its history, so we would feel proud. We talked about assimilation and how we brought people together. This is all I can see of yours so far. Um, And then for some reason it freezes. Um, He's talking about, you know, people came from other countries and they, I don't know if that's true, hated each group that didn't come from their country. The Irish hated the Italians. The Italians hated the Greeks. Everyone hated the Jews and on and on. Well, there's that great Jim Lehrer song about that. I just don't know. Jim said, I allowed to let myself get excited about this election, especially with the idea of watching McConnell. Oh, God. Suffer through becoming a minority leader. But last week, a commentator made a statement that you can't trust the polls because he felt that some people were too embarrassed to say they were voting for Trump. And that made my anxiety level go way up. You know, what? so they know enough to be embarrassed? I keep thinking of all those nuns in habits. I keep seeing pictures of up in the front of Trump rallies. Nuns, old ladies wearing no masks and just going bonkers for this despicable assaulter of bragger of his assault on women. And I'm thinking, how in the name of God can they do it? At least they had, they were proud to show up and be photographed. God almighty.
It's a very scary time. Henry says, why did so many support Trump with all that he's done? It's plain and simple. This is a cult. Well, I think for a lot it is. I don't think it's all of them. Because, Henry, I think there's a, a sizable group that gets how repulsive he is, that don't, you know, buy into the fact that he's the be-all and end-all. They vote for him because of the policies that Republicans enact, which makes them richer and keeps those black and brown folks at bay. Um, I don't know. But there are a whole bunch. You're right. My God, if QAnon is gaining traction, real traction, well, why couldn't Trump? Because he's the, according to QAnon, he's the savior. I have to tell you, all the Orthodox Jews, I'm so ashamed of them. They voted for Trump. When you hear the Jewish vote is sort of monolithically Democrat, it still is mostly. But the Orthodox, he bought their votes by simply moving the capital of Israel, I mean, the capital, uh, our embassy to uh, Jerusalem. That's all. That's all it took. Henry says, I'm not being flippant when I say it's a cult. But you have 20 years of Fox programming behind the development of the cult. And add to that the talk radio shit that is Everywhere. You can't drive from coast to coast in this country without hearing <clears throat> incredible, you know, misinformation, disinformation, ugly, ugly talk. Right? That's the AM radio dial. And obviously, tens of millions, maybe a hundred million or more Americans have been taking that in, yeah, for 20 years, 20 plus. Incredible. So, Did you see this, by the way? I don't think, I don't know. Because I, you know, I went to bed around 11, threw in the towel, took a Xanax because I didn't think I could sleep. Helped me calm down. And I, uh, I calmed down enough to sleep. Woke up heart racing at 2.30. And, you know, started checking things out and then finally somehow I don't know how uh, got back to sleep a little bit but one of the things I had seen is 
I mean, before all of this, this happened yesterday uh, afternoon, there was that news that a federal judge in D.C. had ordered the post office to do an immediate sweep, like an audit, of 12 of their districts, which is a whole hunk of the country, because the Postal Service was acknowledging that they had some 300,000 ballots that they had, but that hadn't been delivered. And the judge said, hey, I want you to find those ballots, and I want you to get back to me by 3 o'clock yesterday, 3 p.m., to ensure that no ballots have been held up and they are to be immediately sent out for delivery. And he said he was, the judge said he was especially concerned about the slow processing of ballots for Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, and Detroit. Mm -hmm. Guess what? The Postal Service refused to comply. And this is the kind of thing that this lawless Trump administration has done. They get subpoenaed, they don't show up. They simply flout the law, the judiciary, unless they like the verdict. I think it's frightening. I really do. So um, I believe right now that what uh, Governor Wolf is is giving an explanation uh, with well over one million more votes to be counted. Uh, the popular vote now, oh Jesus, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking at the numbers on, on, on CNN right now, which probably you're doing too, but, uh, it's frightening. No change in the electoral vote and probably won't, we're not going to have a winner today. So you're, you just, we're going to, maybe the thing to do is just stop looking. I don't know. The sun is out. It's uh, nice and warm. I don't know. I, uh, I might have a caller. Hey, go ahead if you're there. Hey, Lynn, it's Jonathan. Hi. On this crazy day. Um, yeah, a couple of things. First of all, I have to correct you on one thing. As mm-hmm. funny it is, as funny as it is to think of Jim Lehrer singing National Brotherhood Week, you know, as Tom Lehrer. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's um, the song was called National Brotherhood Week, right? Yeah. You re- oh, oh God, yeah. it was funny. Oh yeah, but everyone hates the Jews. Yeah, yeah. it was like so and so hates the da da and these hate the da da da, and the last line was always and everybody hates the Jews. <laughs> it's National Brotherhood Week. Yeah, that's the song. That's the song, and it's true. Um, but um, and what you said about Orthodox Jews is said. One of my best friends lives in Florida. He's Orthodox, and I've been talking to him since July. He was undecided up until when he voted early on Friday, and he voted for Trump because of Israel. Yep. And it just, it just it drove. And I know this guy. He's a he's a wonderful guy. I love him like a brother. Um, he's not a racist, um, but he, he he thinks Trump is the is the best thing for Israel. Not realizing that. And I told him this, you know, that Kamala was a keynote speaker at APAC. She has great reviews from um, from Jewish organizations. So does Biden. But it just it doesn't matter, and it's infuriating to me. Well, you know, like some like some uh, Catholics and others uh, and evangelicals, they they vote on abortion. That's the thing. Right. Um, There are Jews who care mightily about policy toward Israel and perceive, yeah, the Democrats not as strong, even though there is no proof of that at all um, on Israel. So, yeah. They're willing to, and I don't know. I and sent I, a letter to tell what? him. Yeah, and I would try to tell him. But, but what about the Jews here in America, where violence has skyrocketed, skyrocketed uh, since 2017, since he took a office, including uh, you know hit my friend's hometown here in Pittsburgh. The Tree of Life shooting devastated him, but that was a, a Trump supporter. Yeah, yeah. Why? What? They don't get that. That part they're willing to sort of bat away. Yeah, um, yeah. I, it's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. You know, they vote I, for. You know, I'm feeling. Thank God, more Americans who happen to be Jews are more concerned right now, understandably, about the future of their country, the United States. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and, you know, they, they, they play into this thing that results in anti-Semitism that Jews, you know, care more about Israel than the U.S., that they have dual loyalty. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, God bless them. The Fox News, did you see the Fox News poll yesterday? Uh, I saw it on Twitter and I emailed it to you. It was from their show. I guess it's called The Five. That airs, I guess, in the five yeah. o'clock hour. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you see? I that? don't think. Just, oh, okay. I just emailed it to you. I, I didn't see the video, but from what I understand, the um, uh, the hosts' expressions while reviewing this national poll were were pretty striking. Uh, do you see it there? If not, I can go over a couple of the results. You know, go over a couple. I'm not seeing it. Okay. Uh, so they did a national poll. Uh, first question, changing to a government-run uh, health care plan. Strongly favor, 39%. Somewhat favor, 33%. Somewhat mm-hmm. oppose, 
strongly oppose 15%. Uh, Supreme Court action, remember this is Fox, on Roe v. Wade, leave as is, 71%. Overturn it, 29%. Uh, U.S. gun laws should be more strict, 55%. Less strict, 12%. And kept as is, 33%. And finally, what should happen to illegal immigrants in the U.S.? Pathway to citizenship, 72%, and deportation, 28%. That's wow. Wow. And they're, what, they were getting, their lips were getting tighter and tighter. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently they, they looked a little shell shocked. Why are you on this to read? Exactly. <laughs> well, here again, though, that's a poll. And it, it, the, the vote, I, I don't, I'm not going to listen to any more polls. I don't think I told ever. myself that before this election, but I, I was sucked in anyway. Yeah, you know, we got we do get sucked in. Yeah, we get yeah. sucked in totally. And you know, I was watching CNN early in the night, and you know they have to make it uh, dramatic, and 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 so I they make it seem like oh my god, you know, early it was like Biden, you know, was going to win Georgia, he was going to win. Oh my god, what's happening here? And and you just start. Oh, they had oh, him winning Ohio, uh, you know, Ohio. and I was thinking, oh, my God, I was just sky high. But that's what they do to keep you watching. They got to sell soap. That's their job. Keep you tuned God. in. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I what... think the, the greatest threat to our, our little experiment, American experiment here mm-hmm. is the Electoral College. Yeah. Because the, the, when we tell people every vote counts. No, it, it doesn't. I Not have true. a friend uh, from here who now lives in California, a diehard Democrat. She knows my vote counts a lot more than hers does. It, it's just the way it is. And it's, it's insane. But yeah. I don't know what we could do about it. Well, we can't do anything about it if Mitch McConnell is still in charge of the Senate. Uh, no, and a no. Supreme Court of six to three. I don't know what can be done either. Uh, right. God almighty. Hang in there, Jonathan. You too, Lynn. All right. Take care. If I don't talk <laughs> you, good luck next week. I hope all goes well. Oh, thank you so much. Thank all you. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, geez. This time next week, I'll, I'll be in the hospital. My God. As there's a COVID surge. <laughs> Living on the edge. Uh, Doug writes, no matter how this turns out, I have lost so much respect for this country. Yeah. Once I could write off, I could write this off as an experiment, an anomaly twice is who we really are. Yeah, we've got to stop saying things like this, you know, when the ugliness happens, that this is not America. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. This is America. Doug says it'll be hard to show respect for this country. I feel I've felt that way throughout the Trump administration. But now, things like standing for the national anthem will be hard to do. Don't do it. I'm not going to.
written by a slaveholder. God. Allison says, I feel exactly the same as you and the recent caller. I'm just sick to know that my neighbors who are flying Trump flags are good with the morals of this monster. That they think that they 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 think lies. Yeah. But the thing is, is they often, you know, acknowledge, yes, he's crude. It's awful. He's, he's sort of like a PG endorsement. They called him a lout. They, all this stuff. But, but, but what? He's divisive. But, but who cares? He's <clears throat> corrupt. Ah, who cares? It's really something. And I wonder if they're capable of acknowledging what it is, what it really is. What is it they fall for? Now, I'll tell you, the Hispanic vote is interesting in that male Hispanics are loving Trump. And a lot of men, even black men, identify with his this macho act he does. Because he, of course, is the least masculine of men, as any bully is. And so this is the result of a lot of this is, you know, this is still blowback from uh, the women's movement. (laughs) It's blowback from women gaining power. It's blowback from the civil rights movement and black people gaining power. Some. Well, Barack Obama, this is blowback. But they don't acknowledge their misogyny, their discomfort with uh, diversity and change. They just want things exactly the way they were. Well, look at what they've created. A hellscape. I'm reminded of Trump's first inaugural address. When I rem- Do you remember he used the word carnage to describe America? And at, this is after eight years of Obama, when everything was on the up, everything was going great. And he talked about American carnage. And I remember thinking, what the hell is he talking about? Well, little did we know. He was projecting what he is going to bring to us. Carnage. Allison says she got a refill on her Xanax. You know, Xanax, boy, is there a way to buy, um, yeah, stock in that? Because, I mean, that was going, you know, bonkers because of the pandemic and Trump. I bet he owns it. Oh, God. So, um, guys, um, I also want to say that there's no reason that it should take so long to count votes. No reason. If some states can give you their vote count bango like that, then that means Pennsylvania could. Why can't they look at the states that that have these dawdling votes? Again, I just want to leave you with this. 
Those are Republican legislators who make the call to suppress, to make things as slow as possible, and not to allow for a smoothly running electoral process. Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. And you know what I'm going to do now? I know I've been playing music at you at the end. I was going to do Tracy Chapman singing Revolution. Maybe I'll save that for tomorrow. <laughs> but since National Brotherhood Week came up, <laughs> and because it might make us laugh, let's uh, let's do that. Um, so this is uh, Tom Lehrer, uh, and. It'll get me out of here a little early, but you know what? All of us are numb enough. Oh, wait. Before that, I have an obit of the day, obit of the day. American democracy. Well, no, not that one. Save that one for it. Betty Dodson, 91 years of age. God bless her. She was an evangelist of self-pleasure. She alone taught generations of women how to pleasure themselves. She did it through books, workshops, videos. And she said this, this is a quote from her, this masturbation business, it's actually social justice work. Because she felt that women were getting the shorthand during, well, most sex. And she was right. And she says this in her book, Sex for One, <laughs> which, by the way, was translated into 25 languages after it was first published in 1987. She says the most consistent sex will be the love affair you have with yourself. Um, masturbation, she said, will get you through childhood, puberty. Romance, marriage, and divorce. And it will see you through old age. So, Betty Dotson. God bless her. Man. Okay, now I'm going to do... I, I found this on YouTube. Let's hope this works. This is uh, Tom Lehrer singing his song, National... Brotherhood Week. The white folks hate the black folks, and the black folks hate the white folks. To hate all but the right folks is an old established rule, but during National Brotherhood Week, National Brotherhood Week, see Cassius Clay and Mrs. Wallace dancing cheek to cheek. Fun to eulogize the people you despise as long as you don't let them in your school. Oh, the poor folks hate the rich folks, and the rich folks hate the poor folks. All of my folks hate all of your folks. It's American as apple pie. But during National Brotherhood Week, National Brotherhood Week, 
New Yorkers love the Puerto Ricans cause it's very chic. Step up and shake the hand of someone you can't stand. You can tolerate him if you try. Oh, the Protestants hate the Catholics, and the Catholics hate the Protestants, and the Hindus hate the Muslims, and everybody hates the Jews. But during National Brotherhood Week, National Brotherhood Week, National Everyone Smile at One Anotherhood Week, be nice to people who are inferior to you. It's only for a week, so have no fear. Be grateful that it doesn't last all year. Yeah, and you can tell from Cassius Clay and Mrs. Wallace that uh, that goes back quite a ways, well back into the early 60s. And wow, we haven't changed. Trump's just unleashed the id of us, the vile and cruelness and hate that we foster. Wow. It's like Dorian Gray. We're being forced to look. And it's ugly. Sun shining. Have a good day. Lynn Cullen Live. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.